Hello and welcome back to 1882. This is your Tottenham podcast. I'm your host Ash and we're finally back after the long international break that seems to go on forever. And with me as ever is my big boy Chris. Say Wagwan. How we doing man? We're good. Yeah man, all decent. How, how you been recently? Well, I was uh, excited for the end of the international break. <laughs> Even though Italy managed to get a good result but... Ultimately, what I was looking forward to has ended up in a potential disaster. But <laughs> we'll, we'll get into that. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. That's just funny how um, football teams that do that to you, especially Tottenham, man. We just seem to knock all the excitement out of you just as things are starting to get good. Maybe I'm being a little bit too depressing there. Um, so we'll, we'll move swift, swiftly on to West, on to, I was going to say West Ham. <laughs> yeah. On to Aston Villa which started with so much promise. That first 15 minutes was some of the best football we've played this season. Oh, mate, I'll tell you why. If, if we had our shooting boots on, probably the quickest 3-0, 4-0 up we've probably been. Um, Link-up play was beautiful. Progression from the whole team. Some of the players who we questioned, could they come in? Um, and have the same impact that they did before um, or players that had just come in like your heels could they keep up the standard that we'd previously seen um, um, and then yeah just shooting boots man yeah it was so frustrating we got like Kulisewski chance in the was it like three or four minutes in where he just Bullies one of the post. defenders, cuts back onto his left, and you think you put your house on him to score. I know his his um his stats aren't amazing for goal scored, especially recently. But that that close in, had the whole goal to aim at, hits inside of the post and goes back out. That was a sign of what was to come, really, wasn't it? It was much yeah. promise, and then just not quite making it over the line. But let's, you mentioned the players that came in. Let's talk about the um, the starting lineup. Then, obviously, it was quite a lot of change. Back four full of fullbacks, a midfield that we were didn't expect to see after the one that was put out against Wolves. I think it's fair to say. Yep. What did you make about the, of, of the team when you saw the team sheet? Do you remember? I said it was. I thought it was really brave. Yeah. Um, it's not what I would have gone with, um, but Ange's definitely been brave there. Um, He's clearly recognised the RB and Watkins pace. Um, so he's, he's sort of given away height. He's not too worried about that. Um, and he's gone with Emerson and Davies, who may not be the quickest, but they're a lot quicker than Dyer. Yeah, but so am I. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to see him and Mertesacker in a race. <laughs> no, there's been a few a few side and Dyer, but... Like the midfield, um, we thought we'd probably send, saw the end of GLC, if we're honest. We probably thought Lacelso's had enough chances, um, a lot of talk about him potentially going on loan and stuff like that. So maybe I thought I didn't want, weren't going to see him. Um, and then obviously with Hill um, starting and Kulu moved into the Madders role, I thought very brave to to look, lose a lot of height as well, as I mentioned, but physicality as well. Mm. Like Hill comes in, he's not as physical. Romero and Van der Ven, nowhere near Ben Davies and, and Royale are as, as physical as them two. So he's 
he's gone for it really bravely and a lot of players that are quite attacking in nature. Um, Lacelso, when he's played at his best, has played in like a hybrid eight slash ten for Argentina um, and like Villarreal and teams like that. So definitely bravery was the first fault. I don't know about you. Yeah, no, I agree. And I was actually, well, <laughs> other than the back line that I don't think anyone was comfortable with, I think we're all, we're all really excited to see what the team would do. Not saying that I wanted someone else to play centre-back, just that it obviously put us on edge, didn't it? Um, but yeah, having seen like actual ball players in the midfield with Benton, Le Celso and Kulisewski, and that, that sort of came to be in, whilst Pentecost was on the pitch. We sort of we dominated the game. We moved the ball quickly. We shifted their defence all over the place. And we cut through them really easily, loads of times. Um, even when we didn't end up we didn't end up in a shot, we were causing them havoc every single time we got past the halfway line. And that was, that was really exciting to see, especially when we're playing mostly a second-string team. And I think everyone that came in and played their part, so obviously... Bentenka controlled that midfield in terms of winning back the possession and keeping it moving quickly. The Chelsea was absolutely excellent at, at controlling the tempo of the game. Um, I think he's been suspect of slowing the game down a bit too much in the Spurs shirt in years gone by. But he was at, he was excellent at making sure that the attacks were going swiftly with one-touch play and moving the ball on through incisive forward passes really, really well. And the he did everything but the last... The last ball. Um, don't know if I'm being a bit harsh on him, but um, he was up against some big, strong defenders, and he didn't really seem to back himself to get past them, which meant he was, or, or even shooting on his right foot was an issue as well, wasn't it? He, he kept lay, laying it off. Um, but other than that, I think we can really be really happy with the players that came in, and I think on the whole, it should be a positive from that game. Obviously, there is one big negative, and that is um, Matty Cash again, isn't it? Oh, listen, I've I've got a, listen as I don't know, man. Like it's so freaking frustrating. As soon as I saw the challenge come in, I stood off my sofa, stood up, mm. and I was looking at Benzikers every move. Like I was shitting myself. And now we can see why. Because it was high, you just thought it was knee again. I thought it was knee again. If it was his knee, he would have been done. And Benzica, for me, ever since he he came to Italy, he's always been such a majestic player to watch. Um, And a lot of people doubted doubted him when he comes to Tottenham. And he's been probably our our best player. Obviously, Kane takes it because he's Kane. But Benzica changed a lot of things for our club. Um, And in that match, the impact he had was ridiculous. Mm. The difference between him and Hoybier was, was oh, insane. Oh, mate. Like, the drop-off when Hoybier came on. You can see there was that <sighs> chance where, where Son goes offside for the second, well, for when he, after he put the ball in the net because Hoybier takes an extra touch before passing it. That's Bentacore. That's just straight yeah, through to him, straight first, away. That's first touch. And even the Celso, I reckon, plays that first time, I'll be honest. But, the way he was playing in that game, he definitely would have. Yeah. Um, but going back to Matty Cash, man, like, I can't have it within me to think that a professional would intentionally hurt another professional. I can't I, have that. But what I, I will think... say, on, what I will finish. say, the reason why that's happened 
is because he's absolute fucking dog shit defending. <laughs> he's a shit player, right? He he got called up to the freaking Poland national team. They quickly realised he ain't that guy just because he plays in the Prem. He's half decent going forward. He's quite quick. So he does a job for Villa, right? But he can't defend to save his life. He can't tackle his shit. And I've got to put it down to that because if he's done it intentionally, just put him in prison, man. See, where I'm at with this is, in terms of wanting to physically hurt someone, like as in cause a serious injury, I don't think that intent is there. I think it's the old, I'll put, leave one on him, let him know you're about type thing. But then you got to ask, why is it, why Bentacle? Like he knows Bentacle's just come back. A little bit of me thinks he's he's trying to do something. And what what I wanted to ask you was, if we're if we're saying that tackles like um, Curtis Jones on Basuma and um, Romero's against Chelsea are red cards, they are red cards. If we're saying they're red cards, and the reason being, despite the fact they got the ball, they were a reckless endangerment of an opponent. Does that description not apply to May Cash? Just because his studs Mate, didn't make contact. Ash, it, it was, was worse. vicious and high. It was worse. Mm. Because at least Curtis Jones and Romero were in play action. Yeah. Romero's yeah. was a follow-through. Curtis has just accidentally mistimed it and overstepped his mark. But it, was, but it was a 50-50 challenge. Yeah. Bentacle was clear of him. He had two touches and was off. And he's just fucking gone right across his knees. So pardon my language, but I've had enough. And it's, listen, I get it. It's emotional because Ben's and He's only just come back. That obviously plays an element. But at the end of the day, we want to start booking people for diving and simulation and foul play. This is just as bad. And I've, I've seen just, a lot of people, I've seen a lot of people compare it to the, the cynical foul when like a player's breaking away and you tuck at their shirt to get yellow card. This isn't, this is more than that. This is far more cynical than I'll oh, just, just knock him down and get the free kick. That was high. That was powerful in the same way that is with Doggerty, where he sort of scissored his knee. It was ridiculous. And I don't know. I don't know. Like, there has to be something. There has to be Listen, more the action taken. There was a bit of leeway in the Doggerty one because he wins the ball first, right? Mm. It was just the fact that he was off, he's off the ground. He's come straight flying across that pitch and he's, his follow through was really high, right? With this one, he knew he wasn't getting the ball. No right? one And even if he was going to get the ball, out of the ball was on the floor, it hasn't bounced. Why is he going across the knees, right? And my only description here, the kind of thing that he was going for was he knew he wasn't close to Bentica to put to tug at the shirt and pull him down because he knew Bentica was off. So what he's tried to do is... You know when you when someone's running and to trip them up at school you used to get like a skipping rope, yeah, yeah. and put it at their ankles, right? He's used that that skipping rope's his leg, yeah. and unfortunately he's probably not meant to hurt him. But for me that's a dirty part of the game that they need to get rid of. I think for me something like that needs to be retrospective action, because... especially especially if we're um, one playing the amount of games we're playing nowadays. And two, we're stopping games every five minutes for a VAR review, so the players are getting cold again. We need to start protecting players. We can't be allowing these reducer tackles to go in for no reason. And I know a, a lot of people mention, oh, yeah, Romero. But Romero does it when he's trying to win the fucking ball. 
Romero gets in within a split second of the ball being played. Matty yeah. Cash is at least two minutes behind. <laughs> Benzo Kerr was basically on the fucking 2 one, uh, 2 Matt, 7 9 Matt, 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 Matt Cash was playing that game on crack streams. <laughs> he had lag. Mate, it was behind. It was so bad. But yeah, but obviously the news came out about Benzo Kerr. Mid mid February, we're expecting him back, and that's probably just a training, let alone on the pitch. It's a bad one, and um, it put a real downer, and it absolutely changed the game. So fair play to May. He he won the game for Villa because as soon as Hoiberg came on, we just didn't have the same incisiveness. We still controlled the game. We still battered them. We were still by far the better team, but we couldn't create the same amount of chances like we could in the first half, and the finishing one there. But um. Bringing it back to something positive, there is one player I wanted to talk about um, and someone who we were all a bit worried about at the start of the season, and that's Pedro Porro. Oh. So I was having a chat in uh, in a group chat with my old cock and ball mates, that's, that being a podcast, not some sort of weird <laughs> side, side field going on. Um, and I, I put it out to them that Pedro Porro is the most talented player at the club at the moment. What do you reckon? A bit far. Who's, who's more? Who do you think is more technically gifted? I think he's the way he dribbles, his passing, his long passes is ridiculous. His crossing, we I don't know. We can't, more... we can't forget that Basuma plays our club. We can't forget that Benzema plays our club. We can't forget that Madison plays our club. I think the only one who comes close to him on like no. just talent, just gifted te- te- technicians. I think his matters. I think I've rate Pedro Benzema. Benzema. What was it? Almost six months out. Three mm. months. Played sixty minutes of international football. Comes on and is easily the best player on the pitch. What are we doing? Like that. That guy is. People say that Ndombele right was very smooth and like mm. bar. I get that, but watch Benzema. The way he turns on a sixpence. We've always right. referred to him as the Berbatov of centimetres, haven't we? Mate, Lolo is unbelievably technically and naturally gifted. And I love Pedro Porro. I think he has proved us so wrong in terms of apparently he can't defend, makes makes wrong decisions. But the, the level of crossing he puts into that box, his ability to come inside that I thought... He was an out-and-out wing-back. I didn't know he could be this technical on the inside yes, and playing this inverted role. The early balls he can put in from hardly any angle. And we can see that the players now in front of him have learned about it because the runs that they're doing as soon as he gets on the ball, it's like when, when Kane used to drop deep and get the ball, you used to see Son and everyone else sort of make those runs in behind. You can see them doing it now as soon as Pedro Porro picks up the ball from deep. Yeah, no, 100% agree. Son's always on his bike. Mm. Um, and Brendan started to do it, he's starting to catch up. Um, but yeah, no, Porro, for me, if it weren't for Benzikas, even that 20, 30 minute spell Benzika had, he's still the man in the match for me. But Porro, definitely for me, after that, I thought he was fantastic and he's been fantastic for a while now. Yeah, no, I, I love him to pieces. I love him to pieces. Um, and obviously, the, the usual performers did. Did their thing. Vicario, one slight little error, but he, he got the ball anyway, so he gives a shit. He gave it a um, kiss. He gave it a kiss, moved on. Good lad. He, never, he didn't let it affect him. That's the important thing. 
Some players, some goalkeepers crumble after a mistake <laughs> like that, but he just got up, moved on. No, no worries. Dougie again, imperious, absolutely phenomenal down that left hand side. And um, so the only other two changes, I suppose, were Brennan Johnson coming on to the right hand side for quite a lot of that game, weren't he? And and Kulisevsky yeah. coming into the middle. But what did you think about those two, those two sort of shifting their positions a little bit? Um, I think you could see Brennan was slightly more comfortable, mm. um, and he was making a lot more natural runs in behind. He was driving at players. I feel it was a good performance. Yeah. But ultimately, I don't think he did much more than what he usually does on the left. He's always a pain. Um, I would have actually liked him to see him with that game through the middle mm. um, against very slow centre-backs in... Well, Pau Torres. Pau Torres and the other one's not even a centre-back. He's shocking. Um, who, who was it? Because they had concert right back. Yeah, they played concert right back, and then they played the is he Brazilian or Portuguese Diego? Oh, Carlos, Brazilian. Carlos, yeah. Yeah, he's shocking. He's shocking, mate. We were severe, didn't we? We was linked in with him, weren't we? At some point. Yeah, and Pau Torres. Yeah, I'm happy we didn't get neither of them. I'll be honest. No, and then we've got to talk about Pau Torres' goal at some point (laughs) that you mentioned it, but. He yeah, but he was playing. We had the smallest team I think I've ever seen us put out, and we've had teams with Jermaine Defoe and fucking Aaron Lennon in them at the same time before. So, were you shocked? Well, I'm not even going to ask that question. That's disingenuous. It wasn't a shock to see um, us concede from a from a set piece. It seemed to be coming, didn't it? Well, considering I believe that was our first goal all season conced- uh, conceded from a. Set piece. Set piece. So yeah. they've obviously been decent. And again, it was one that we could have stopped going in. Mm. Um, I can't remember who it was. It was either Destiny and Davies or Destiny and a Doji. Uh, Destiny, Destiny is a Doji. Oh, freaking. Um, <laughs> Des- Destiny and Emerson. Neither of them are picking him up. And I don't think Destiny was should have been marking him. They maybe. He could have shouted across. There was no one really marking Paul Torres. And one thing you got to do, if you're giving up height, you've got to be a problem. You've got to stop him being able to run. So in that scenario... Just stand in front of him. Just stand in him. front of him. Don't don't allow him to attack the ball. Don't play for the offside. Just, just, just keep it safe. But again, it was more the timing of that goal was ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, this should pretty much the last. Bang on half time. Yeah. Bang on half time. And half that we'd been imperious, really. It was just, it was just the final touches that we missed. Um, before we talk about our goal, we'll, we'll go on to their second one and get it out of the way. I I mentioned at the time that I thought the. I, I mean, I expected Davis and Emerson to be ropier centre halves. So maybe that affected my my assessment of the, of, of the second goal. But where the fuck was Hoybier? Like, he just... he His middle of the park was where he's supposed to be patrolling. And he's just allowing them to play two or three passes between what is supposed to be our midfield and, and our centre-backs before they eventually just walked past and, and had a goal. No, I agree. I think that was... The whole team was misshaped again. Just like the Wolves' second goal. Caught out on a fast break. People out of positions... No one being able to recover. 
Davies and Emerson don't know whether to attack or or and 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 be aggressive on it or to fall back and and cut out cut it out. Mm. There was no decision making. They were sort of just obviously they were they weren't jogging. They were running, but they just didn't know whether to go for it. One go, one stay. They they, they just didn't know how to react. But again, like you say, just like the Wolves one, it was either. It was Hoiberg again or La Celso, I can't remember which one it was, that just didn't stop that. Hoiberg, yeah. Hoiberg, yeah. He literally hopped out of the way. way. Yeah. He hopped out of the way. But he, gave, he, he loses the ball. He, mm. he pays, passes a devil pass into La Celso. He's not ready for it. La Celso gives away a free kick. Then he's jumping out of the way like, listen, Hoiberg, he's going to... For me, you keep him in the team because you go 1-0 up, you go 2-0 up, 60th minute, 70th minute, you want to shore things up. You can take Madders off and you play Basuma, Saar and Hoiberg, for example, a bit more defensive. Whatever it may be, he gives you an option. Mm. But this is the whole reason why I wanted to sell him to bring in a starter because I felt like he could he generates more money than your skips and your other guys. I'd have um, him gone anyway, man. I'd have him, uh, I, don't, I don't trust him at all anymore. I, don't, I think... In order for him to be effective, he needs to, or for any club, he needs to have a run of games like he like he used to. Um, he's not going to get that for us, and I hope he doesn't because he's he's not he's not earned it at all. Thanks thanks for for doing what you did when you when you came in and we had no defensive midfielder whatsoever at the club, but it's it, we've we've even we've surpassed him at this point, and I think we we saw between um, Basuma. Bentancourt and Skip, we've got six covered sufficiently. Between Saar and the Chelsea, we've got the we've got the deeper eight covered. Between Kulazewski and Madders, we've got the ten slash eight covered until we can bring until maybe we bring someone more attacking in. So I don't see the value of keeping him around anymore. He's a like a vestige of the old Spurs that we felt that we were so bad for the last couple of managers and I think it's time to let him go but we'll come on to we'll come on to transfers later I'm getting ahead of myself <laughs> no um, one thing I want to point out though is just obviously we're talking about Hoiberg is as much as I didn't like his play when he come on he wasn't the reason why we lost um, I don't think it was an awful uh, performance now my gripe and my issue with that game is not Emerson, it's not Hoiberg, it's not Davies, right? Because I'm sick and tired of talking about the same guys. Mm. Yes, we know they're bad, so don't expect anything of them. What I do expect is my captain's son to be able to stay on side. I, I, I'm sick of it, but I'm, it's going on for too long now, right? Johnson, Kulu, you need to be putting your chances away. That was poor. You're given that many chances as a centre-back, you stand again, what more do you want me to do? Like, with, the defenders are holding out, you've got your midfielders progressing and your strikers, the only thing you're not doing is not putting away. And at that point, I knew we'd lost the game. When when Son couldn't keep on side... Well, John... I think it's harsh on Son. I, I, accept, no. I accept what you're saying for you. I get it, man. He was offside a lot. But when you're, when you're used to playing with Harry Kane and more recently Meadows... He, he's making his runs expecting the ball to come in a lot earlier with because he's got more gifted players 
usually providing the ball. I think the game does change massively when when we lose Benton Kerr because it slows it slows the game down a lot. The Chelsea got a bit tired towards the, the end of the he, game. He was offside when Benteke was on the on the, on the pitch. Right, he's a professional player. He should identify he's playing against a very slow defence. Right, Lucas Digne is not even quick, and he's the only wing back that was playing that game. Mm. Right, they're playing four centre midfielders. They're not even playing wide wingers who are going to come and track back. Right. He should know, right, I've been caught offside here. What I'm going to do is I've got the run of these two centre-backs. Let me just give them a yard. Let me just hold them a yard. Because even if that ball comes in a bit later, I've run that yard and I'm now in line with him and I'm off. He's too quick to be able to be getting caught offside. He's not going to get... He's not going to get... A defender's not going to turn on him and beat him the way Mac, uh, Van, Van der Ven does. There's no one in the Prem that can do that. We've seen that against the, some of the best in Diaz and Stones and Laporte. Mm. They just don't have it. So give them the pace. Give, give, them the, give them the yard. And I think it comes down to, again, and I said it, I don't think we can, we're can. going to get away with it for long, him playing down the middle. Right. I think it's the opposite, to be honest. Uh, no, I no. Think the the I... reason why I say it, Ash, is because yeah. you mentioned about the cane, playing with cane, right? Why was he always onside? Because he had to angle his runs, because he was coming from an angled position. So he's coming from the left, he's cutting across, taking more metres. When he's running a straight line, he can't time it. He can't. He does everything okay in the box, as a striker should do. But in situations like this, he's not deadly enough. And also that he just he just can't. It's not the same same patterns, running patterns, no, and that. he just doesn't know it. Yeah, that's fair enough. My 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 thing about it though is the more that the team obviously it's quite a, quite a lot of change in the team, a new system, early days. There's been so many setbacks recently with having to change the team and and whatnot. I think as as the chemistry builds more with, with the players in and around him, as they're all become more comfortable with the system, I think that timing will come because they'll, they'll, you build that telepathy, don't you? He'll, he'll know make to make those runs. You get, I get what you're saying with the with with the running from deep. You can still he does he, he does need to learn. You can still curve your why, run. Why, did Richa- why does Richarlison don't get that pass though? What do you mean? Because Richarlison was always getting caught offside. And people were getting frustrated. No one said about chemistry, this and that. I honestly think Son has had long enough. He's been a pro long enough. He should know his running patterns and the directions he should be taking. Now, it doesn't take chemistry for him to think on his own, right, let me give these centre-backs a yard. I've got them here. Mm. Right, just hold your run. You don't need chemistry. What the chemistry is, is to know when that ball's coming. And he clearly does because he gets on the end of it. He's just getting early. So he's, the chemistry is there to receive the pass. He just doesn't know when to time. And I think in that, and again, he is definitely good enough to be in our team. I'm not saying that. What I'm thinking is he looks like he's got over his injuries. It looks like a bit of pace is coming back. Yes, it's not the pace that we know Son's at, but it's coming back slowly, right? Put him on the left, let Brennan go down the middle. Because for me, Brennan was timing him a bit better. He's played centrally more than Son. That's it for Wales. Done it for Wales. Play Son back on the left. Push, push. Well, this brings us nicely, actually, to um to the transfer chat we wanted to have. Because we've obviously, we, we wanted to do this. I know it's a bit early, but there's so many injuries that it highlights a lot of flaws in the teams that I think we're all, we're all aware of beforehand anyway. But reports recently are that our priorities are centre-back, obviously. 
um, and and apparently a striker. Is it, do you have anyone in mind for for those positions, or is there anything anything you think we need to be a profile you, you need to be focusing on? Listen, for a striker, we need a different option to what we've got. Right, we need a deadly striker, maybe someone we can play off of bit of hold-up play, maybe play in a two with Son or with Brennan, give us a bit of variety because at this moment, when Madders goes, well, when Madders is not there and now Bentico is not there, we don't really have the same impact, right? So how else are we going to bring it, right? I'm going to bring in someone who's a bit taller. I'm going to get Poro to spam in crosses. I'm going to get Brennan running off the back of him to to get them the, the, the flick-ons. You've got mm. Son coming the other side who can come a bit more central and play quick one-twos with. There's different options you can go with. Um, so a, uh, a release who's more established. Yeah, possibly. I thought you was going to mention Mr. Bet365 there. I'm not having him. Who's that? He, uh, Ivan Tony. I'm not, having, <laughs> I'm not having Bet Fred at the club. No, not not after the um the podcast he did where he just showed how much of a fucking mug he was throughout the whole yeah. thing. No, no, good player, don't get me wrong, but no, the geezer tried to get away with it, got caught, and he's still making up bullshit excuses. I'm sorry. Um, we as Italians know that we get how much constant. Oh, you just pay refs off this and that. Oh. An Italian 50 years ago dived, and apparently we've always been divers. Oh, yeah, and the English never do. I want to make a point. This is a fucking massive side, bro. But Ivan Tony is I wanna, getting away with it. I want, as we talk about that, I want to I wanna come on to, we'll come back to transfers. But I want to talk about the sanctions on, on Everton and the lack of sanctions on City and Chelsea. And the reason I want to do it now is because obviously you mentioned about Italians being associated as cheats, and I'm a bit defensive. I love, I love, I love Italy. I, I love being Italian. But people always refer to the fact that look at the amount of Italian clubs that have been sanctioned for cheating. It's like, well, yeah, because the fucking league actually does something they about think it. About it, they actually went and said this is going to fuck up our league. Yeah. But our, but our biggest club, who are winning stuff at the moment, we're going to relegate them. Yeah. Fucking they, right off. They relegated them. them. Two of them at once. Yeah. <laughs> Like it's it's funny, but yeah, the sanctions are Everton. I think the sanctions are right. I just yeah. think it's harsh that it's been so quick after. And for me, yes, Tony has has been found guilty. Yes, he's done his punishment. But for me, it's not just that. I'm sorry, but when you're at a club and you get caught twice talking to getting pissed or whatever it is, until calling your own club shit. Yeah, I'm not having you, mate. You nah, sit and you got no, you got no respect. You don't want to be a pro. You just want to play football for the Especially money. We can no, see, I'm good. We can see so much of what Postecoglou is trying to do is to bring in the, the right chemistry and the right atmosphere in the club. And you don't want to bring in someone that might jeopardise that at all. But um, but he is the he's a good profile though. I, I don't, I don't, I don't profile. think we need anyone too dissimilar for him. Right, someone you know who can After, hold up I, the ball. I watched I watched the Newcastle game tonight, right? Yeah. And for me, Isak would be the, the best because he can do it all. Have you got a spare 150 mil down the we're side of it? We're not getting it, but what I meant is like profiling. But also yeah. in that game, I don't know what Lucy Enrique is playing at. And I'm going to have to go check transfer market stats and stuff like that. He's mm. kept Goncalo Ramos on the bench to the 85th minute when he's losing. Is there potential for getting that player on alone? Goncalo Ramos, I'd love him. Well, the last I heard about that, to be fair, is that they were, at the moment, he's only on at PSG on loan, 
but they were going to activate activate the purchase clause in January. But that's that's still that's stupid money. I can't see them loaning them out after spending like 80 million but euros. Going to want to stay there? Well, I don't know. They're losing. They took they took his third choice striker. They took off uh, Moana, who I'm still iffy about. I wasn't sure around him before, and he hasn't really done anything yeah, for me since. I haven't seen the hype yet. Yeah. Um, and then he's moved Mbappe across to bring on Barcola, think, a 21-year-old. And Goncalo Ramos is sat there. I think the point is that this highlights is that it's really fucking hard to find a decent striker at the moment. The, the striker market's fucked. I heard there's, uh, there's one who's trying to get back into the national team so he might want to come play first team football what Balotelli Balotelli <laughs> bring Super Mario risk. back yeah. <laughs> yeah. talking about players who are not out of style but <laughs> no um, no listen at the end of the day I think Ange and the club have got it right yeah. in their recent transfers so yeah. I trust them to get it right As, I do um, but I don't know. But uh, from what I've seen again today, Ash, is do you think we're now going to say, right, striker, we've got Valise. Instead of getting a striker, we're going to bring in a midfielder after the events of Lola? Um, no, unless we can get some out. I think we've got far too many players in midfield as it is to justify getting one in. Um, whereas we, we don't have any centre-backs, which is going to be the first priority. And... Um, we've got Rashardson has, has been wank and he's injured. Valise is still very early doors for him. Um, you can't see him becoming established for at least another couple of years. So I still think we're going to go for a strike. Or if, if restri- I think it depends on the opportunity available. I think it's even going to be a striker if it's a good option or a left winger and keeps on up front if there's a good option. Uh, it all depends on, on the What, what, what is it the uh, the Americans say? Is it put him in the game or chuck him in the game? I have no fucking like idea, that. mate. Oh, mate, whatever it is, put him in the game. Put my boy Jamie Donnelly in that team, man. Put Mr. Donnelly yeah. in there. I do He's not care. He's got to get minutes, whether it's five minutes, whether it's ten minutes. That boy needs to start seeing traction. He is far too good for that Premier League too. He smashed it as a striker. He smashed it as a, in the front three, in the wide areas. We brought in Langshire. We brought in Sunset Bell. So then they said, right, let's try you in the ten. Let's try you in the eight. And guess what? He's still the best midfielder in that position. And yeah, yet... He's made for uh, I, I'm, I'll be honest with you. I think the reason... I want to get him in is because I'm scared to lose him. He probably could yeah. wait another season. Don't get me wrong, but I need to but start now, showing it. But then the other thing, when we've got, yeah. no, when, when we're when I light on players. But the yeah. other thing is, is here's the question, right? Afcon's coming up. People are forgetting about it. Basuma and Sarah are off, right? Are we really, really hoping that Ange plays the more experienced players and we're going to see that shit show of Hoiberg and Skip as a midfield too. Yeah, I mean, it is only... For, well, Basuma should only be gone for a couple games, to be fair, because um, Mali aren't, aren't pulling up any trees in, in the AFCON, let's be honest. But yeah, we'll be missing Saar. Matters might not be back yet. Bentacor, what is going to be gone. So it's going to be... Yeah, that's what we're going to be down to. Back to the bare bones. And... You'd hope he'd give him a shot because he's been fucking phenomenal. The ones I worry about is is the centre halves because it's a whole different ball game 
being a creative midfielder. No, I hear you. In, in thing. I know everyone wants to see, I mean, Phillips has been injured. Um, I know everybody wants to see Dorrington and Phillips in that team. Do you do, do you risk Donnelly's development against City? I, I don't. I think that's that's recipe for destruction. How is it a risk? How is it a risk? You're putting him up against the best striker, the most physical striker there is, um, other than Harry Kane, out there at the moment. Um, in your very first game, is, I think it's so. so here's the so here's different. the thing, yeah. Put your your your. We'll play a bit of role player, yeah. You're Dorrington, a man's right. Yeah. Before the game, I'm giving you confidence. Look, I'm gonna play you against City. You got plenty of noise, right? We're doing the training sessions. I'm putting you up against a physical player, um, even just in size. So you could probably put him up against a Hoiberg, just to say, we'll just push against him, right, or whatever it is. Just, just get the practice in, and then the whole week you're just saying to him, "Listen, there's no expectations. Go and play your natural game. Keep it simple. If you make a mistake, it's good, right? You're gonna be like." Okay, let me go and see what I can do. You're buzzing to play against City anyway, right? And then here's here's the main part. The main part. You get trials six nil. We're probably getting that with Emerson and Davies anyway. So at least we, we we're trying something with these young kids. And then what do you do with Dorrington? Comes off the pitch, you might look a bit down, and you say, do you know what, lad? There was a lot to learn there. We could we could have done this. You should have done this. Should have done that. We're gonna work on it. And guess what? You're gonna be on the bench next game. Or you might even be starting next game. You ain't getting dropped back down to the youth team. Why? Because you've showed me enough for me to work on you and develop you. That game means nothing. We're not winning that game. It is nothing. People need to understand. Yes, we beat City. Why did we beat City? For two reasons. Harry fucking Kane used to turn up like that was his cup (laughs) final every fucking game. And Son used to just, I don't know if he don't like Pep. But he turned up like a madness. But now, at least then we had an experienced team, right? We had a team uh, of fighters. We had a, t- a team who who could catch you by surprise. This team have been through that. They're not catching no one through surprise anymore. That a lot of them are washed up players. Like then it's not going to be the same impact anymore. And this is going to be back in the days when Zeko used to score a hat trick against us. Then five one losses. The women have already showed us they went and lost seven nil. The men's team are only slightly better, so I'm predicting the six nil. Listen, I get, I get what you're saying, um, but a, 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 getting bullied for 90 minutes in your debut, um, it, it can completely change the, the trajectory of your career. And I, I get what you're saying that it's almost a nothing game, and you, you can you can give him all the encouragement in the world that you want to to make mistakes, but that's just not how. That's not how the mind works. That's not how confidence but then works. You, but that's, that's how you find out if he's got the right mentality. Then at that point, if he can't bounce back for it, he was never going to make it. We'll find out again. I can, gar- I can, find, gar- I can guarantee you for a fact, and I've never spoken to Jamie Donnelly, I can just see in his demeanour, in the I stardom, think... right? If Jamie makes a mistake and passes it and he gets intercepted and they go round Vicario, that guy's picking his shoes, picking his, his socks up, picking his boots up, Training and as hard as it ever, and he's back next game. I think it's different for a a, a number ten or eight than it, than it is for a centre half. There is so much attention on the centre half. If you fuck up as a centre half, you're conceding, and it's it's going to be insanely obvious. If Donnelly doesn't have a good game, there might be a bad bad a 
a bad back pass or something that gets highlighted a million times. But generally speaking, if he has a bad game, it's because he hasn't created anything, which doesn't look great, but doesn't it's, it doesn't have the same visual impact as as if you fuck up as a centre half. And even said, and having said that as well, like if in the creative position, physicality is a little bit less important. Obviously, you need to be strong, you need to have good balance, but not to the you don't have to have the same physicality or to the, to the same degree anyway as a centre half has to. Um, and I'd, I'd much rather we we looked at these as long term prospects rather than oh fuck it let's give them a go now. I'd rather see a proper plan, a long term plan for these players. Um, we need to do better at picking out appropriate loans all, for players. Ash, I, I totally agree with you. The centre-back position is very different. And there's a reason why I think Terry and, and Rio are probably the only two that come through at a very early age. Mm. You can't name many 18, 19-year-old centre-backs. I think eventually football will catch up and we'll start seeing that just like in other positions. So, one, why can't we be different? And two... Can Doro really be that less physical than Emerson and Davies? I don't know. I don't know. But it's, it's a risk, isn't it? And it's the, the risk is more than losing the game. The risk is potentially completely derailing a career. And I, I think that's what that's, that's that's what concerns or that's risk that many people aren't really willing to take yet. No, I hear you. Listen, Dorrington's one that I'm not going to go mad about. Because Doro, for me, as much as I rate him, as much as I know he's going to make it, I can see why. Right, centre-backs is a lot different. Um, I can see more patience. It's the Donnelly one that I'm more like we need to fast-track. Yeah, I agree. Um, Doro's probably half a year behind him in terms of development, in terms of playing a position that takes a little bit longer to understand. It's a lot more specialist or specialised. So I get that. But I think at this point, I think the City game probably just come at a horrible time because okay. when we're playing these kind of games, again, you've just said it, centre-back is hard to understand. So how the hell are we getting full-backs to try and learn it? We might as well get a centre-back who's got half a chance of learning it. We're going to lose anyway, man. Like I don't know. I think Andrew made the right decision again. And this is down to the coaches. We can only speculate. The coaches will know what kind of boy Doro is and if he can deal with it. They'll know his mentality. So if he's not playing, then that might be the reason, right? Well, I, I, fear but, we'll deal with, I, I fear we'll see Dyer. Uh, oh, darn, because, darn, because, darn. Because if we've got to deal with Haaland somehow... I'm not watching need... it then. I'm not watching it. <laughs> Chris, that's, that's my prediction, that we'll see him come back in for Emerson. Oh, I predicted 6-0, more like 12 now. <laughs> I can't do Eric again, man. I'm done with Dyer. I'm done yeah. with it. Yeah, he, he's, he'll be gone soon, but until we have a replacement. Does Mickey van der Ven have a right-footed brother? <laughs> or just another a brother oh. that is coming through? Because we, we, we need a regen quick. But um, but yeah, so basically, centre mid and striker, and striker seem to be our priority positions. Give give Donnelly a chance, and let's see how the uh, the young centre-backs progress. Anything you want to add before we... um? Bid the uh, bit everyone goodbye. I think it's just a reminder, as much as it might look bleak now, I think come February time, there's still a lot of football to be played. Um, this team has shown us that they can get results, that they're good enough. Um, and again, remember, guys, let's not put any pressure on Ange. Let's not put any pressure on the teams. We as a fan base, I don't feel like 
we truly understand and we're truly not ready for a rebuild, right? This rebuild is needed. This rebuild is going to take time, right? There should be no expectation. The expectations from the start of the season haven't changed. Get me fifth and sixth, fifth more. If you get me sixth, it's not the end of the world. We move again. We got we got players we can bring in. We've got youth talent developing. We've got a manager that is seems to getting stronger every month. And like like we said, yes, the, the results have not been good. But some of our performances in this league, in these losses, have been better than the games we won. So you can see the progression of what Ange is trying to do. And Ange coached that Villa game to win 3-4-0. Coached it into perfection. The only minus point that I'd give him was his in-game management. I didn't like the skip sub. I would have brought Donnelly on, who's a bit more attackive. Um, I didn't think bringing Giovanni LaCelso off was was the right thing to do. Um, but ultimately... Listen, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hold him against the guy. He's done fantastic. We need to keep positive somehow. And I think that this team can bring on a run from February to the end of the year that will keep us in them top six places. And that's always been the expectation and it hasn't changed. Yeah, I don't think I can disagree with a single word there. And that leaves that that seems to be a lovely moment for us to leave. So don't forget, guys, to get in touch with us if, if you want to join us or if you disagree with anything we say or just to call me a prick if you want, I can handle it. Come um, we're, on, me. <laughs> we're on we're on Twitter on at eighteen eighty two pod. Chris and my uh, my handles are in our bio as well. I don't know, Chris, if you want to give yourself a shout out while you're right. Listen, I'm gonna shout myself at Chris underscore C nine one. The reason why I'm shouting myself out is because I let off a couple of tweets and people were telling me, Oh, we're so lucky that you're not Ange. Come on the podcast, debate <laughs> me, and let's see who's closer to Ange, me or you. Love. Let's see if you got the balls. Right, get in touch with us. Enjoy the rest of your week and come on you Spurs.